In the Old Testament book of Judges, Samson is the last of the leaders who judged Israel before the institution of the monarchy. He served during a time when everyone did what was right in his own eyes, including Samson. Samson fulfilled his divine calling, but he never reached his full potential. That's because he allowed the lust monster to take up residency in his soul until it almost destroyed him. Samson, the physically strong man of the Bible, was a he-man with a she-weakness. Have you allowed the lust monster to run wild in your heart? Jesus raised the bar on righteousness by saying, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. And Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, tear it out and throw it away. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. What did Jesus mean by those words? Are we to take them literally? Ron has answers next as he continues his teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Visit somethinggoodradio.org anytime to hear Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And now here's Ron with part two of his message, Defeating Lust. First John chapter two talks a little bit about the minefield that we're all walking in. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. It goes on to say, the world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. I'm looking forward to the day when heaven is a place where the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life doesn't smack me in the face every day when I get up. But this is what we're facing. We, we are in a, 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 a spiritual minefield as we get up in the morning, as we walk out into the world. The enemy of our soul is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. My mate is not my enemy. My pastor is not my enemy. My politician is not my enemy. This is my enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil. And we have to have a game plan. We have to have a strategy for how to win this battle. There's a popular book out, and I recommend it. It's called Every Man's Battle. And it's appropriately titled because this is every man's battle, but it's also every woman's battle, or at least some women's battle. The difference is men are much more visually stimulated than women are. That's just a reality uh, in, in the way we're made up. But it is everyone's battle, and you got to have a game plan. You got to have, uh, yours might include a digital game plan. And I, I strongly suggest that you go in that direction. Starve the lust monster, protect your eyes, finally, leave lust Vegas. All right? Leave it. Leave it behind. Vacate the town. Leave lust Vegas. How do you do that? 2 Timothy 2. In verse 22, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 
I love what Paul says to Timothy here because it brings together everything we've been talking about here. Circle the word flee. We're talking about run. Get out of Lust Vegas. Run, Forrest, run. And this is not a cowardly thing to do. No, it's the wise thing to do for men and women. If your eyes are wandering into enemy territory, run. If you're physically wandering into a place where you can be tempted, run. Put the brakes on. Risk the relationship and say, no, I can't go there with my friends tonight. I'm too tempted. Or I need these kinds of digital boundaries set up. And it may be strange to everybody else, but you got to figure out how to flee youthful lusts while at the same time do something positive. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And then the accountability comes in. Do this with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. The community of faith, that trusted accountability partner comes into play here. And and part of what we're doing with the accountability partner is bringing out of the darkness into the light something that's been kept hidden for a long time. You keep any sin in darkness and the devil, oh, (laughs) he's got a foothold there. But if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we bring it into the light, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The devil loses some of his power when you bring something out of the darkness and into the light. Now, again, be careful about who you bring it into the light with, a trusted accountability partner. But you have to flee, flee youthful lusts. Run, Forrest, run, all right? It's the wise thing to do. Now, if Samson was a negative example from the Old Testament, an example of a life that was destroyed by lust, the positive example is Joseph. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament? I'm talking about the book of Genesis. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons, and one of them was Joseph. Joseph was the apple of Jacob's eye. Joseph was the youngest until Benjamin came along, and You know, when Joseph was 17 years old, his father gave him a special, you know, Armani suit, you know, a coat of many colors, and I got to Joseph's head a little bit. He pranced around in his beautiful jacket, and his brothers got a little jealous of him. Remember this story? And they threw him into a pit. It's a hard thing for a 17-year-old boy to go through, just the rejection from his own brothers. Later, they sold him into slavery. This caravan was coming along, and ah, hey, we can get a little bit of money for our brother. They sold their own brother into slavery. Joseph ends up in Egypt, and he ends up in in a pretty nice position for a slave. He's serving in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a high-ranking official that worked for Pharaoh, and you know, if you served in Potiphar's house, that was a pretty good gig for a slave like Joseph. But he's, um, he's working in Potiphar's house. I'm now in Genesis 39, verse 11. It says, one day Joseph went into the house to attend to his duties. In other words, he goes to work one day. And none of the household servants was inside. Pause there, and I'll come back to it in a moment. She, that is Potiphar's wife, she caught him by Joseph's cloak and said, come to bed with me. 
But Joseph left his cloak in her hand, and here it is, and ran out of the house. Joseph is the Old Testament Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run, all right? He, he, he runs. Now, Mrs. Potiphar had a lustful eye. This is long before the Me Too movement, when it was all about women being, and appropriately so, taken advantage of by men. This was thousands of years ago when a powerful woman, Potiphar's wife, took advantage of a young Joseph who was a strapping young boy. Maybe you picture the muscles bulging everywhere. She'd been watching him come to work. And she went after him one day. And Joseph did the smart thing. He didn't linger. He didn't say, oh, I, I, I can handle this. He ran. He ran so fast she reaches up and grabs onto his cloak. He, he, he leaves it behind. The next day, she falsely accuses him of rape. She goes to Potiphar, her husband, and says, this Hebrew you brought into our house, he tried to attack me and rape me. Well, what do you think Potiphar is going to do? Is he going to side with a Hebrew slave or side with his, his wife? He's going to side with his wife. And Potiphar threw Joseph into prison. Yeah, sometimes you do the right thing and things get even worse. He's falsely accused. But I want to go back to uh, verse 11 and suggest it didn't even have to get that far because it says, one day Joseph went into the house to attend his duties and none of the household servants was inside. If Joseph had just stopped right there and said, I'm not going to be alone in the house with Mrs. Potiphar, I'll wait for my other workers to come, would have avoided all of this. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Defeating Lust. SomethingGoodRadio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's SomethingGoodRadio.org. When you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at SomethingGoodRadio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, 
you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. And Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, my relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a, a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org and request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. With the second half of today's message, Defeating Lust, here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. I think it was Billy Graham who said throughout his ministry, one of the ways he maintained fidelity and purity was he never traveled alone. And he never, was never in a private place with a female who wasn't his wife. He always traveled in threes. When he checked into a hotel, somebody went into the room ahead of Dr. Graham, made sure nobody's going to pop out from behind the shower curtain, snap a, a photo and, you know, put it on the news. He put boundaries out there, protected himself. Recently, Vice President Mike Pence talked about the same protections that he's put in his life, and oh, the, the media vilified him, called him sexist for suggesting that he wouldn't have breakfast, lunch, or dinner with another female, just one-on-one, -on -one without his wife present. And then the Me Too movement hit. <laughs> Apologies to Mr. Pence and to Billy Graham, because they had it right. I, I've practiced that over the course of my ministry for 25 years. I don't have breakfast or lunch or dinner with a female who's not my wife. And if for counseling reasons or anything like that, I need to, to meet with a female, either my wife is there or another member of my staff. Today, I don't meet with anybody one-on-one -on -one in my office alone, male or female. You just never know when the false accusations are going to come. You got to put those kind of boundaries around your life, your ministry, your reputation. But Joseph stepped inside the house. Uh, maybe he didn't assume this would happen, but it did. Got falsely accused. Spent two years in prison before the Lord promoted him from now prisoner to the prime minister of Egypt. Joseph had interpreted a dream that the Pharaoh had 
And it was a dream about seven years of famine that were coming. And then Joseph had a plan. Pharaoh, why don't you store up all this grain for seven years? Store it in these storehouses over here. And then when the famine comes, you'll be able to feed everybody in Egypt and really literally the world. And Pharaoh heard that, and he says, Joseph, that's a great plan. Guess what? You're in charge. He was now the prime minister. Joseph goes from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison, now to the prime minister, second in charge. What a great story. Joseph is the positive example of a man who kept his youthful lusts under control. And when he found himself in a precarious situation, he ran like Forrest Gump. Flee youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and do it with those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. Hang out with people who are in the same battle you're in, but they've got a battle plan as well. Find a trusted accountability partner. Share some vulnerability there. Again, a trusted partner. And, and do battle together. You know, we've been talking in the series about living an undefeated life. And we've said we can't do this without Jesus, who is the undefeated one, who on the cross declared it is finished, a victory cry. We sing, oh, victory in Jesus. Uh, Paul says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody want victory over lust and anger and pride, or in the weeks to come, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed? I mean, these are the seven deadly sins that not only threaten, but will drag us down if we don't get a hold of this. And it's not about, you know, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. It's not about trying harder and doing better. Now, that's trying to defeat the flesh, flesh and the power of the flesh. No, we have the Holy Spirit. But are we living by the Spirit? Are we walking by the Spirit? Or are you grieving the Spirit and quenching the Spirit and resisting the Spirit? No, walk in the Spirit. Do your part but the Holy Spirit does his part to sanctify us and to make us more and more like Christ. I'm not saying it's an easy battle. No, we live in a world that is like a minefield, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, the world, the flesh, the devil. These are our enemies. We have to have a battle plan. We have to have a strategy. It starts with a personal relationship with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That gives you the equipment that you need in the person of the Holy Spirit who says, I am here to help you live an overcomer's life, to live an undefeated life. And then there are some practical things that we do, even practical things that Jesus taught us to do that sound so radical to a sex-saturated world and the liberated world in which we live. No, uh, the, the uncontrolled lust is what enslaves us. It doesn't liberate us. And when we come to that understanding and that realization, then we'll starve the lust monster. We'll do whatever it takes to protect our lives, and we will leave lust Vegas as soon as we find ourselves even coming close to the vicinity of that. So we can sing, oh, victory in Jesus, Right? Oh, victory in Jesus until he comes and takes us home to a place where there's no sorrow and no tears, no illicit images, no minefields to walk through because heaven is that perfect place. Between here and there, it's dangerous out there. It's dangerous. 
It's dangerous for our kids, for our grandkids. It's dangerous even all the way through married life, from the womb all the way to the tomb. It's a fallen world in which we live that wants to entice us in. We've been given all the tools we need in Christ Jesus to defeat lust and anger and pride and laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed. We'll get to all of those. But we do this through the power of the risen Christ and the victory that he gave us uh, at the cross. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, Defeating Lust. And I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Ron Jones into the studio. Ron, I know we all struggle with lust, but for men in particular, it might be the biggest struggle of all. As we wrap things up here on this edition of Something Good Radio, can you share a few final thoughts on this third of the seven deadly sins? I'm happy to, Brian. The first thing I'd like to do is to clear up any confusion about what Jesus said about lust. When you lust after someone sexually, you have committed adultery in your heart. Those last three words are critical because they distinguish the sin of the heart from the sin of the body, which is actual physical adultery. When you commit adultery in the heart, you are largely doing harm to yourself and potentially leading you into something worse. But when you commit adultery with the body, you're creating an awful lot of pain in the lives of other people, a husband, a wife, children, friends and family members, even your church family. It can obviously lead to divorce, but even churches can be divided over that kind of thing. Jesus never intended to tell us that lust and adultery were exactly the same thing. What he was saying was this, first, actual adultery begins in the heart. So be very careful what you think about and what your heart dwells upon. Second, and this is a critical one, Brian, even if all you ever did your entire life was sin in your heart, whether it was lust or anger or any other evil or sinful thought, you would still need Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for that sin. That was the larger context of this passage, and it's critical to our understanding of the human condition. Quickly now, let me just reiterate a point I've made over the past couple of days. Adultery in the heart or lust in the heart is the very thing that leads to adultery in the body. So the best way to change the way we behave is to change the way we think, or more to the point, change the things we think about. Uh, The uh, heavenly virtue that corresponds to this vicious vice is purity. Uh, So I would say pursue purity and pure thoughts as an antidote to uh, lustful sexual thoughts. If you're struggling in your thought life as it pertains to sexuality, you may also need to curb or change your television viewing habits or limit your access to the Internet. You know, those smartphones we carry around, Brian, can actually tempt us to do some pretty dumb things. You may need to avoid certain places. You may even need to avoid certain other activities, drinking, for example, that contribute to your struggles with lust. Take drastic measures like these if they are necessary, because believe me, Brian, the world's brand of human sexuality does not liberate us. It enslaves us.
That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts about how we can overcome lust. And Ron, as we wrap up today's broadcast, tell us where you're headed tomorrow when you continue your teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Well, Brian, next on the list of the seven deadly sins is number four, and that's laziness. And by comparison to the first three, pride, anger, and lust, this one may seem tame by by comparison. But I tell you, Brian, this one is uh, far more severe than a person may think. God's Word is filled with passages about the sluggard, the sloth, and about idle hands, all of them synonyms of laziness, and the fallout from perpetual laziness, or a lack of diligence, we might say, can be devastating, not only to the slothful man or woman, uh, but to the entire family. So as we move ahead in this current series called Undefeated, I'll dive into the problems that laziness can bring, and I'll also give a few keys to overcoming it. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Defeating Laziness. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.